There's this phenomenon called the blackout baby boom. It can be traced back to the New York blackout of 1965. There was a huge power outage where the city was without electricity for 13 hours, and nine months later, hospitals reported a higher than average crop of babies. Scientists say that this was just a statistical fluke. It wasn't really because of the blackout, but still, people can't resist a good disaster baby boom story. Hurricane Harvey baby boom. Turns out there's a new generation of baby boomers in town. Lots of soon-to-be parents conceived Hmm. during and after the hurricane. In late August of 2017, a storm dumped more than 15 trillion gallons of water onto the Houston area. Homes, hospitals, and highways were underwater for days. At first, it seemed strange to me that more people would want to be intimate in such a stressful situation, but... You know, I guess if you don't have anything else to do during the storm, you can love on each other. (laughs) There's always that. You can do that in the dark. That's my friend Kenya. She's a counselor at an abortion clinic, the Houston Women's Clinic. It looks like a modest suburban house from the outside. Single story, shingled roof, red brick. But it's also one of the busiest abortion clinics in the country. In the weeks and months after Harvey, I started to think about all those accidental babies and how abortion is a really common outcome for unplanned pregnancies. I asked Kenya if there might have been a hurricane abortion boom after Harvey. I would say the first few months right after, yes. It was, it was really busier. I asked Kenya to share any stories or patients that really stuck out to her, but it was hard. Yeah, there's so many things jumbled up in my head about Harvey and people accessing their abortions. There were too many patients with too many similar stories. People who got pregnant during the storm. Then there were the planned wanted pregnancies that were no longer financially feasible after the storm's devastation. And there were stories like this one woman, Kenya remembers, who didn't find out she was pregnant until it was almost too late. Because she was so wrapped up in trying to find somewhere for her and her kids to stay. They lost everything. Like, they had to come and actually evict them from the apartment because she was still staying in the damaged apartment because she didn't have anywhere to go and she was afraid to go anywhere else with her kids. Yeah. She couldn't afford to relocate, and she couldn't afford an abortion. By the time she got around to dealing with the pregnancy, she was already in her second trimester, and the procedure was far more expensive than it would have been if she had it earlier. She was freaking out. She just was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, she was so desperate. It was almost like if she had to keep that pregnancy, she was going to drop it off at the fire station and drive off. It was like that kind of desperation with her. So, yeah, there were so many people that were affected by that whole storm. But what I can tell you, there's nothing going to stand in the way of a, of a person that needs abortion care. Now, that I did learn about Harvey because there were people that didn't even have anywhere to stay or the means. And they were still trying to get here to have those abortions, even when the clinic was closed. So that, that says a lot. I also talked to Aster, another counselor at the clinic and a good friend of Kenya's. Aster's neighborhood didn't flood, thankfully, but they made sure to prepare for the worst case scenario. Do I have my anxiety medication? What if my pharmacy floods? I'm also a highly anxious person, so I think about those things. Aster told me not everyone was as prepared when it came to medications. You can guess what kind of medications we're talking about. I mean, we're at an abortion clinic. 
I can't tell you how many times I heard after the storm, I didn't realize that I was almost out of birth control. I didn't think just a couple days of not taking it would affect me. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's like that so many people said this to me that they all blur together. I was doing okay. And now I don't have a I home can't be for pregnant right now. the kids that I already have. I lost my job. My workplace in a hotel. flooded and the company just had to shut down. So many like stories on stories. But one, one particular patient really like comes to mind when I think about the storm. He came in and was just so obviously distressed, you know, to be, to be a man and to be pregnant. He was trans and he'd been relying on his hormone replacement therapy for birth control. His pharmacy got flooded during the storm and didn't reopen for several weeks. He didn't have a car or access to public transportation, so he had to go without his hormone replacement therapy for several weeks and he got pregnant. Aster counseled him when he came in for his first appointment. And he expressed to me that he was experiencing a lot of um, really intense dysphoria, especially because his pregnancy symptoms were, I mean, on the, on the intense side, um, he told me about having to bike everywhere and having to th- like stop to throw up in the middle of his commute. Counselors like Aster often feel like they're trying to cram an entire sex ed curriculum into one 20-minute session. People just don't have enough information about birth control, how it works, why it works, how to make sure it works. And, and just information about how their bodies work. I can't tell you how many times I've explained to someone where their cervix is, which is a thing that we should learn in basic biology. But patients at the abortion clinic aren't the only ones with this problem. There were things about my own body that I didn't realize until I started working at the clinic. And I have a bachelor's degree. (laughs) My mom taught anatomy at a medical school for nine years. I am so privileged in that way. You know, I I am at the top of, you know, the top percentile of, like, chances to know about your body. And there were things that I didn't know about my own reproductive anatomy until I started working at the clinic. It's easy to blame people who have abortions for putting themselves in these situations as if they weren't responsible. But if I'm honest with myself, I have to admit that I didn't have nearly enough information to control my reproductive destiny until like two years ago. A lot of people well into their adulthood still don't. Judging by how busy the clinic is year-round, this problem is not Harvey-specific. Well, and, and people say this to me all the time, multiple times a day when I'm counseling. I have people say, you know, I just never expected that this would happen. And I say, well, yeah, of course not. (laughs) If you expected that this would happen, you would have done something different. Yeah, like, this isn't Disney World. Nobody plans their trip to the abortion clinic six months in advance. Just like nobody plans for their home to be flooded. That's what makes it a disaster. Now, I'm not saying that all unplanned pregnancies are disasters. There are lots of people who are delighted when they discover a surprise pregnancy. But if you don't want to be or can't be pregnant, it is a disaster in the sense that it can completely upend your life plans. So 
So after my conversations with Kenya and Aster, I had a lot of really interesting stories, but I didn't have any hard numbers. I wanted the big picture, a bird's eye view of the clinic in the days and weeks and months after Harvey. So let's go back to the day the clinic reopened after the storm and think about all those people who were supposed to have their procedures during Harvey. There must have been a huge spike in the number of patients that first week of reopening. There wasn't. There wasn't. <laughs> no. That's Kenya and Astor's boss, Kathy. I'm the administrator at Houston Women's Clinic. What happened to the 100-plus people that rescheduled their abortions after the storm? We didn't see all those patients that were scheduled. They all dissipated. That's because so many were still dealing with the immediate aftermath of the storm. So the clinic only saw a handful of patients those first few days. And we, as a team, decided that we would be open on Monday, on Labor Day, in order to accommodate all these patients because we knew patients had lost time from work, so they had major hit to their income. We were incredibly busy. There were twice as many patients as usual. That was just cuckoo bananas. Yeah. And then it somewhat tapered off. What we've come to know is many people evacuated the city of Houston. They went to San Antonio, Austin, and Dallas. And sought abortion services in those cities because they had nothing here. So yeah, things were slow for a little while. But when it picked up, it really picked up. Especially during December, exactly three months after the storm. It was like the new pregnancies, the pregnancies that did happen during Harvey. It ended up being the clinic's busiest December on record. It was also a unique month in that most of the pregnancies were further along than usual. 12 weeks pregnant instead of six weeks. You know, so some of that, that? some of that was, you know, the people were coming back into the Houston area. They were taking care of their basic essentials like food, shelter, <laughs> those matters. And then, oh yes, I'm still pregnant. Now I need to take care of that. I mean, literally forced people to have to, you know, prioritize what they were going to take care of. Which disaster were they going to attend to first? She was a mother of three, um, which most women who, many, many women who have abortions are already moms. And the decision to terminate a pregnancy is based on the fact that they already have children and they're very realistic and know what it takes to be a good mom. And she had initially planned to continue this pregnancy and lost everything in the flood. Um, and the children were begging her to go back and get the, their pets. And she did. And she said, you know, I know that was crazy. I could have died. And, you know, but my children were devastated that we left the family dog and cat in the house. And she went back into the house, was able to get the family pet. And looking back, she said, I can't believe I did that. But I was just trying to be a good mom. And, you know, that's what my children wanted. So that's what she did. She just kept emphasizing and we kept re reiterating for her, you are a good mom. You are a good mom, you know. She's like, well, I did all this for my kids, and I'm, I'm ending this pregnancy for my children. I have to. I have nothing. We don't have real control over most things in life. We can pretend we do until something like Hurricane Harvey comes in and wrecks our carefully laid plans. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor, 
a middle-aged mother of three, or a young trans man. Disasters don't discriminate. It also doesn't matter whether you're pro-choice or not. Many of the patients who come to Houston Women's Clinic are against abortion, but these people aren't denied the care they need. They're in the midst of their own natural disaster, and clinics like Houston Women's are there to provide relief. <laughs>